1: and welcome to Armstrong in the Loop podcast. I'm your host, Seth Prentice. Today, I'm joined by Marcy Mostella, Pennsylvania State Representative of the 11th Legislative District. Marcy, welcome back to the show.
0: Seth, thank you so much for having me back. I really enjoy doing these. And I'm I'm sorry, I guess the last time I did this was a year ago because I remember talking about the Pennsylvania Farm Show, which obviously didn't happen this year. So I'm really looking forward to our talk today. And, and I thank you for reaching out to me and really allowing me to talk about what's going on and, you know, some of my views on things and, and um, you know, what we see for the future. So I appreciate it. This that no, we, great,
1: we greatly appreciate it. And I actually was going to lead into that of, you know, we first spoke in January 2020. And then again, we actually caught up with you briefly, well, you know, late March. And you've now officially completed your first full year as a state rep. Was it everything you imagined?
0: <laughs> and then some. Yes, <laughs> it was. Um, it, it's been a very challenging time, you know, from June of 2019 uh, when I was first sworn in until June of 2020. It was a a complete new world out there. So, you know, having that that year under my belt, understanding more of the process, understanding what actually happens how things work, Um, it's it's been a a huge learning curve for me and and it was more than I expected. I really didn't expect, obviously, I don't think anybody could have expected the the pandemic to happen as it did and uh, and the outcome of that. So um, it's been a very, very challenging time to say the least.
1: And before we get to our questions, you know my my question for you as you know a follow up there is, uh, at, at what point did you finally feel that you had your two feet on the ground and were ready to you know start tackling you know things on the level that you know to feel comfortable as a state rep?
0: Um, in all honesty, I think it happened really in November of 2020 after my first full re-election um, that would you know, start the two-year time clock, let's just say. So it was really after that time that I felt more comfortable, again, understanding what what the big picture is. And um, and that, uh, it was really after the November election that um, I, I felt comfortable in what I'm doing now.
1: You know, so uh, let, let's just jump right in there you know how was the second half of 2020 and do you feel better prepared for 2021 now
0: well the second half of 2020 we saw an economic devastation in our commonwealth there's just no way around it i have hope for 2021 i really do some of the things that we're working on in the house for the economic recovery that has to happen we need to get businesses back open we need to get the kids back in school and with that, we need a better plan for the vaccination process that's going on in, in the Commonwealth right now. So I do feel that we are making strides, even though it, you know it's February, and I feel that we really are moving forward, we being the majority in the House of Representatives, that we are moving full speed ahead with economic recovery, with a vaccine distribution, making it easier for people to get the, the, uh, vaccine that wanted. So I, I have a lot more hope at the beginning of 2021 than I did for the second half of 2020. It was, uh, it was a trying time for all of us. There is no doubt about it. The unemployment mess that happened, my office helped close to 1200 people just during wow. March to December, let's just say. And, uh, the, the pe- because you, the state shut down the state totally shut down they were only answering you know intermittent phone calls so everybody would call our office and so navigating that system without the assistance of the unemployment office was doubly difficult so again i have hope for 2021 just because of what we have done just in the past month and a half of 2021 that uh, that i do see the light at the end of the tunnel on this.
1: Well, that's great to hear. And uh, I know that, uh, you know, COVID relief is definitely needed. Uh, Senate Bill 109 was approved by the House and you're waiting for Senate approval. Um, You know, is this one of those that should help uh, fix a lot of, you know, some of the problems that we've faced for businesses and restaurants? Uh,
0: I I don't know if it's a, a full fix. To me, a full fix would be to reopen everybody. You know, to allow bars and restaurants to reopen again at full capacity under, you know, the safety guidelines that we have already set up. I know a lot of restaurants are already doing that. So this is one step in that um, in that staircase to get to the full reopening and and full assistance. But there was there was a lot in that bill, Senate 109. And it was it was done by a colleague of mine that represents Butler County, also Senator Joe Pittman. So, um, and Joe and I, ta- Senator Pittman and I, you know, discussed this also. A lot of help with small businesses, bars and restaurants, the uh, the mom and pop shops that that we need to help to keep this economic recovery moving forward and not stalling it again. So, this has it's been it's been a lot of help, and obviously, you know, with the federal government uh, stepping in to help with that relief has. Um, it's helped out a lot of uh, small businesses where they need it.
1: I know that uh, we talked with Jordan Grady, executive director of the Butler chamber uh, back in early January. And he gave us, you know, some of those stories that he was delivering the first, you know, the first round of checks back in November, December, to some of the mom and pop uh, businesses and restaurants. And, you know, those people had tears in their eyes because if that check didn't come through that door that day, Marcy, you know, uh, I don't think the future was going to happen for much longer for them.
0: I know. Uh, thank goodness for the CARES Act. I, I, know, I know exactly what, how Jordan felt. That was the same with our office with those unemployment checks. When checks finally came through, when they started, it, you know, the, the dam broke and the checks got released, I know exactly how Jordan felt because these people were desperate. Some of these people had never filed for unemployment in their lives. You know, they worked for 40 years. They never had to do this. There's never been anything like this before. So it, uh, it's it been a help. I'm glad the county did what they did, you know, with CARES money, giving it to the municipalities that lost a lot of money during this time. You look at the, uh, the small municipalities that have fairs and farm shows, you know, in their backyards. They lost a lot of money. The fire departments lost a lot of money. So, you know, it has just been that that trickle down effect of the the loss. It wasn't, you know, just at the top, it was everybody that uh, that was down the ladder of that. So I know exactly how Jordan felt these people, because, you know, again, I always talk about hope. At one point, these poor small businesses had no hope, They, they didn't know what to do. That's all they'd known was running their business all they'd known was, you know, working at their restaurant, cooking food for people. And, uh, and those, that CARES Act money really, really helped those people out. And I'm glad it did. I, I really am. And uh, it's, it's good for them.
1: Well, switching gears, but staying on the COVID topic, you know, uh, you mentioned, you know, vaccine rollout and you know trying to get kids back in school and get people, you know, safely vaccinated. You know, Butler Hospital announced that they're going up to you know, 1,200 vaccines a day. And if they keep up at that pace, everyone in the county could have at least one round of the vaccine. But that number is stretched to the end of July. Uh, that, that's uh, a long way out. Uh, I'm hoping to hear some positivity that maybe we can get those numbers increased on the state level.
0: Right, exactly. And every day there's something new that comes out from the Department of Health with rollouts, with how many are, you know, how many doses are being uh, distributed to health health systems, hospitals, nursing homes, you know, so every day it's something new, but uh, we've got to, what we just passed in the house this past week, you know, I told you I was in Harrisburg last week, it was a bill that would utilize the National Guard to get those vaccines out to, the people that need it, to the people, to the counties, to the communities where it's needed. So maybe that 1200 number could increase with the assistance of the National Guard. So, and also just recently, I think it was just yesterday actually, that the governor finally started talking to the legislature, putting together a task force to work in getting these these vaccines, the doses out Faster, more efficiently, to again where they're needed. So that showed some hope, also, that uh, the governor is finally taking that step in working with the legislature. Something he hasn't done since March. So that was uh, that was promising to see him actually reach out to our leadership and say we got to work on something. So maybe it was the the um, the bill that we passed you know, utilizing the National Guard that got him thinking, okay, I think it's time that we sit down. (laughs) So I don't know what it took for him to do that. But it is a bipartisan task force that um, that we put together and hoping to see those numbers drastically increase. I mean, we have the facilities, we've got Pullman Park, we've got other facilities that could handle I mean, we've got test centers, we could just turn convert those test centers, hopefully into a vaccine center. And get them out into people's arms instead of sitting on shelves where they shouldn't be. So I, I'm really, again, hopeful that this is going to, uh, you know, to help get those numbers up and working together, I think, is the is the right step.
1: Well, and, and it's crazy to imagine that our brothers and sisters in West Virginia figured this out before everyone else. And they're just flying through this like, uh, you know, this hasn't been a problem for them at all.
0: No, not at all. Uh, Pennsylvania, the last I saw, I think it was a couple of days ago, we rank 43rd in getting vaccines out. I, I mean, this is, this is, and, and you know, not that I'm pace, placing the blame, but really this all came from the governor and his administration until yesterday when he decided, hey, I better talk to the legislature. I guess I better include them. You know, we're on the same level as him. Discuss it with us. We talk to our people every day. I'm here in the office every single day. Hearing from people answering the phones, the walk-ins that I get here, that they want their vaccine. When am I going to get it? We should not be forty-third or forty-fourth in this United States of America. We should be up at the top. And and I saw that about West Virginia too, and uh, that's pretty embarrassing.
1: Yeah, and you know, good for them that they they figured it out. And I can hope that uh, you know we can get things turned around here. And you know, your constituents that are coming in. You know, what is some of the advice that you're providing them? Because I know it's hard to get an appointment or find a place with the vaccine.
0: And frankly, it's hard to get a straight answer. It's oh. hard to get an answer out of Department of Health. When are these coming out? Well, just check the portal. Well, I'm sick of checking the portal. Just tell me, when are we gonna get some? You know, I. so that is one of their concerns. I'm in this category, you know, the 1A category Why can't I get one? Well, did you call your doctor? Well, they don't know. You know, so there's there is such a lack of communication again, and I'm not placing the blame, but it really Mm -hmm. is back to the administration because they're the ones that are setting all these rules and regulations and policies. So we have to go back to them. It's the same, you know, not to get off the subject of the vaccines, but it's the same with the school districts. They they know best what's best for their students. Parents know best what is good for their students for their kids and what they have to do is constantly go back to the department of education you know can we do this why well, don't go ask ask somebody else well but you're the one setting these guidelines it's the same with department of health when are these vaccines coming out well we're not sure yet we need to know so that communication has been absolutely abysmal so that is really my frustration when people come in asking for this or when they call me.
1: Yeah, that, that can't be easy because, you know, your answer is constantly, you know, trying to uh, put lipstick on, on an answer when, you know, there really is no answer at this point.
0: Nope. And it's, it's the same, again, I could go through the whole thing. Unemployment. Same thing. Oh. What's going on with it? Well, we have to wait for the Department of Labor and Industry to come out with their guidelines for the extension on this. Well, when is that going to happen? I don't know. And you know, I I can't stand being, you know, a, a, these people want answers. I want answers because I'm trying to help them. That's why I was elected in November to help these people. And I think it's time the governor opens up his offices and starts taking some of these phone calls from these angry constituents. And, and we send, you know, the phone numbers to them. You, this has, you know, we have done our part. We are trying so hard to help you. But again, we are at the mercy of the administration.
1: I really hope that, you know, answers start coming for you because I, I know you just want to help you know everyone in our communities that you serve. Another fun topic for you is budget for the state for 2021, 2022 thoughts, Mm -hmm. you know, are there any concerns?
0: A lot of concerns I have about the budget. Yes. This, um, this will, you know, again, getting back to, you know, the time I've spent in the house, this is the second budget because the first budget was in June when I first got into office and it was a pretty, you know, straightforward budget. Last year's obviously was you know, kind of a mismatch of everything because we really didn't know what our revenue was going to be. So uh, this year, we have some of the numbers in from revenue, but the governor's proposal is just that. It is only a proposal. You know, some of the things that he talked about yesterday, I just cannot get on board with. Uh, proposed tax increases, personal income tax up to forty six percent of an increase. Really? Open up these businesses. Let's get people back to work. What are you going to tax on? The raising of the minimum wage. You know, it, it is something to look at. However, let's do it in a reasonable manner. You want to increase minimum wage, but you're closing down businesses. So what is it going to be? Obviously, a couple of the other things that he talked about, the, uh, the severance tax that would just devastate the energy industry, especially in Western Pennsylvania. So, you know, again, the governor can say whatever he wants. He can propose whatever he wants. But um, our caucus is not going to, I don't think, you know, just from what I've heard from leadership, they're not going to go along with most of this. And, And the one thing that really was lacking, again, like we talked about before, is his vaccination distribution plan. So that really wasn't in anything. But um, but we have to get businesses back open at hundred percent to even discuss any sort of minimum wage increase or any sort of personal income tax increase. We've got to get this Commonwealth back open again. and we cannot, again, as it's been said many times before, tax our way into prosperity. We can't do it that way. And um, you know, I know the lieutenant governor, is, and the governor himself, I guess, is always talking about, you know, legalizing recreational marijuana for extra revenue. Sounds good in theory, but again, let's open businesses. Why can't we do, you know, open what we have right now, see where we are, and then take a look at some other things. So, no, I I do have a lot to say about the budget, excuse me, about his budget address, his proposal, which is just that a starting point for negotiations, and uh, and that's where we are with that.
1: Well, I, I know the you know the national minimum wage has been a hot topic, and I believe it is officially dead in the water out of the 1.9 trillion uh, budget that's been proposed. Um, you know, locally here for the state of Pennsylvania, um, do you think a a tiered system could work? You know, and spread it out over you know time to bump that up from, you know, the current 725 and then, you know, work our way up to a little more rate that's affordable, you know, giving some people a little extra back in their uh, paychecks.
0: Sure. I I mean, it could, that's, you know, like I said before, raising the minimum wage within reason, you know, again, we need to open up first to discuss that. But yes, I do think there, there is room for discussion on that of a tiered system for that yes there's no doubt about that i've said that before i think it's a i think it is a topic worth discussing but right now it is not but yes it is it's it's a good topic for discussion
1: what are your goals for 2021 I, I know we're already two months in but um you know outside you know all covid uh you know packages and everything else do you have anything else or is it all hands on deck right now on covid
0: it, it, well, it is for the vaccine distribution rollout. However, uh, the committees that I got assigned to just in January, I I was assigned to uh, three new committees: transportation, liquor control committee, uh, health and human services, and I remained on the agricultural and rural affairs committee, which I absolutely love because farmers are really the backbone of this Commonwealth and the country when you when you think about it. So. Um, there's a lot, you know really when I when I go to municipal meetings, township meetings, borough meetings, it's all about roads. So I really hope with my you know my committee seat on transportation, I can help them in some ways, um, get some roads fixed that need it. Uh, as far as liquor control, there are um, you know there's a lot going on with that. Some of the the codes are so antiquated that, you know, we're only given certain numbers of licenses per county. But if we have what's called dead licenses in say Armstrong County, you can't move them over to Butler County or you can't move it to Crawford County or McKean County or whichever county, it has to remain there. So those are some issues that I'd really like to look at with the assistance of the Restaurant Association to see where we can work with that, um, that's a that's a really hot topic because there are some you know once we get back to opening and uh, get back to one hundred percent that that's another uh, a discussion that I'd like to have. Health and Human Services that is so important right now because we've seen so many people at home alone, kids not in schools, um, just uh, you know no personal contact, a lot of meetings that have been canceled, AA meetings, uh, you know, rehabilitation clinics were closed down. So there's gonna be a lot to look at within the human service department. Um, and agriculture, I'll tell you what, they have been going full force. They, they know there's a pandemic out there, but they never stopped working. And we can all thank our farmers for that one. But, um, but with the Ag Committee, um a lot going on there also that the deal with transportation issues that deal with regulations that come down from the dep so um you know specifically that's what i want to work on are the committee assignments that i've been that i'm on right now and to focus my efforts on those four committees and how i can help this community this county and this region so that's um, that's really what I'm I'm going to be focusing on focusing on for the next two years.
1: Oh, that's great. Anything else that you'd like to share uh, that you know might be of key importance to the public or just anything that's on the on the mind?
0: Um, the one thing that uh, that we did pass was a House Bill 55. And this is the one that uh, some people may have been hearing about what this does. It's going to be a question on the ballot in the springtime. So this is gonna be a constitutional amendment that we passed it, you know, how it's done. It's passed two consecutive legislative sessions. After it's passed two legislative sessions, in exact, you know, the verbiage, it has to be verbatim on both sides. The Senate passed it, the House passed it. It's going to be on the ballot now in May. And what this bill does, what this question is going to be. I don't know the wording on the bill yet. I don't know if it's been released yet. I haven't seen it, but it's going to, under this pandemic, we saw the governor unilaterally issue the emergency order Mm -hmm. and then renew it and renew it and renew it without any input from anybody. So he did it all on his own. And uh, that's one thing that the legislature looked at is to review that section of the Constitution that would limit the length of an emergency declaration to 21 days, and that does not mean that it ends at 21 days. It just means that that governor has to come back to the legislature to discuss it with us, and uh, and then we can, you know, then we can assess the situation, and then if it needs to be extended, we can extend it on. So we we are trying to curtail the power of one person in constantly and continually ordering this emergency declaration. And it gives the power back to the people to vote on it in May. So that was the key to this whole thing. So that's going to be a big issue coming up. And I'm sure, you know, obviously both sides are going to be, you know, uh, issuing their statements on it, uh, issuing their you know, their campaigns for or against it. But I do hope people look at it, read it, understand what happened since March, and take all of that into consideration when they go to vote in May. So that's really an important thing that's going to be coming up. And I, I just wanted to get that in there, you know, for any any of your listeners out there. And if they have any questions at all, obviously they can call me at any time. My number, if you don't mind, I'll give it 724 724- 2835852 we're located at 100 Barracks Road right on Newcastle Newcastle Hill Newcastle Road right across from the uh, the entrance of the Butler Senior High School so we'd be more than happy to discuss this so so um but yeah those are just uh, you know some of the goals that i have in the next coming uh, you know the next year year and a half that uh, that we can move forward on
1: well thank you Marcy for joining us today i know you know your schedule's busy so thank you for giving us a few minutes I hope better things are ahead for our county and the state for the remainder of 2021.
0: Yes, I have hope. Like I said, I do have hope for 2021. And again, I thank you so much for having me on here. Thank you, Seth.
1: For Armstrong in the Loop podcast, I'm Seth Prentice, keeping you in the loop. Are you enjoying Armstrong in the Loop podcast? Great news. All past and current episodes are available on popular streaming apps and websites. Search Armstrong in the Loop podcast and subscribe today. When it comes to internet service,
0: you get it all with Zoom from Armstrong. There's unlimited data for unlimited downloads, low latency for seamless streaming and gaming, plus an unmatched fiber network for speeds that can't be beat.